Hello, and a very good day to you. My name is Jim Harris, and this is Heritage Bible Radio. Heritage Bible Radio is an extension of Heritage Bible Church in Boise, where it's my joy to serve as the teaching pastor. Every day, we devote our radio time to studying a portion of the Word of God so you can know Him better through Jesus Christ and serve Him better through your local church. Welcome to this Sunday edition of Heritage Bible Radio. Pastor Jim has been teaching from Mark chapter 2, verses 23 through 28, where the Pharisees still had not learned not to try to embarrass Jesus. So they teed themselves up for yet another embarrassing defeat. This time they claimed that the disciples were breaking the law of the Sabbath. But like all Pharisees, they missed the main point of the Sabbath while trying to enforce all the minutia. You may not know anyone who calls themselves a Pharisee in 2019, but you probably know some. Professing Christians who have self-appointed themselves to be the sin police for the church. The argument in our passage is over the Sabbath, and in this last segment of the message, not only will you get clarity on what the Sabbath was originally all about, but you'll also learn the dangers of being a Pharisee without even knowing it. Here's the last slice of the message entitled, The Sabbath Was Made for Man. The point is, the Sabbath wasn't all about those things you can do and not do on Sabbath, on, on Saturday, the Sabbath. It's to picture rest from trying to be righteous enough to please God. Oh, and by the way, the Sabbath was not switched from Saturday in the Old Testament to Sunday in the New Testament. All those blue laws are based upon that misconception that that eventually the Sabbath was switched to Sunday. There's not not a verse anywhere in the Bible that says that. And as a matter of fact, even when the church began, uh, when the the church started meeting, they always met on the first day of the week, not the Sabbath. They would happily, if they had the opportunity, if they hadn't been kicked out yet, they would on the Sabbath go to the synagogue and, and, and speak to Jews. But They always met on the first day of the week. The apostles knew the difference between Saturday and Sunday. And they kept it straight. The Jews gathered in the synagogues on Saturday. The Christians gathered wherever they could on Sunday. And the Christians adopted the term, the Lord's Day, for Sunday. It had special significance because Jesus arose on Sunday. It was the day their Lord arose and and appeared to Mary and the apostles. So the early church from the beginning chose to meet on Sunday. And you read instructions like in 1 Corinthians 16, when when you gather on the first day of the week, which is Sunday. They did that to commemorate the resurrection. But Sunday's not the Sabbath. And if anything, the early church kept the two specifically distinct. The idea that the Sabbath was switched to Sunday arose centuries later when the church got away from the teaching of the apostles. W.E. Vine in his uh, Dictionary of New Testament Words says, For the first three centuries of the Christian era, the first day of the week was never confounded with the Sabbath. The confusion of the Jewish and Christian institutions was due to declension from apostolic teaching. In other words, you had to fall away from the teaching of the apostles before they switched 
the Sabbath to Sunday. Now, you can extract a general moral principle of wisdom from the fourth commandment. It's a good and healthy thing to take a day off every week. It's still good to trust God to supply for you even if you're not a workaholic. Um, More to the point, you might say it's not a good idea to work seven days a week. The commandments of God are always good for you. Uh, The fourth commandment is, is no exception, even though it's not repeated as such in the New Testament. So the principle is, trust God to supply what you need without feeling like you need to work every single day. Make God the priority. Do not trust in your own ability to provide what you need through your own efforts. So what was to be the primary function of the Sabbath? Rest. Take a rest. Why, then there were even the Sabbath years, every seven years. And then after seven Sabbaths of years, there was the Jubilee year and the 50th year, and a lot of special things got done, forgiving debts and and property that had been you know, deeded over to somebody to cover a debt, returns to its, its rightful owner. In other words, the Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. And the Pharisees had made men the slave of their Sabbath laws. That's why Jesus so often, so clearly, so intentionally did things on the Sabbath that were designed to irritate the Pharisees because he had to rip the mask off of their public face of pseudo-righteousness. So, he says in verse 28, So the Son of Man is Lord even of the Sabbath. You know what? I must have hit them like a kick in the gut because Jesus claims to be the Lord of the Sabbath. Who invented the Sabbath? God did. One greater than the temple is here. And they said the only thing greater than the temple was God. So yet again, Jesus claims to be God. And by the way, he claimed that since his arrival, there is no more need for the weekly Sabbath in that sense as it was in the Old Testament. Why? Because... Now, here's the punchline of this whole thing. Because Jesus is your Sabbath. Come to me, you who are weary and heavy laden under all of these do's and don'ts. I will give you rest for your souls. Matthew eleven twenty nine. Is your soul resting in Christ? Or are you striving under somebody's lists of do's and don'ts to find acceptance with God? That, that treadmill has no off button. You'll just peter out at the end of your life and you'll never be good enough. Worse yet, are you taking your convictions and trying to impose them on somebody else? That's the height of arrogance self-righteousness. Listen, you let God work through His Holy Spirit 
in the lives of the rest of his children, just like he does with you. The mistake is when you say, oh, God, you know, thank you, Lord. I, I, I learned it. I've got it. I've got to tell everybody else. Okay, it's fine to share. But then if you start taking that thing that God taught you and insisting that everybody else be on the same curriculum you're on, on the same pace you're on, and you become the judge, you're doing exactly what Jesus condemned. You working your way to heaven or are you trusting completely and exclusively in the only one who can provide you with entrance to heaven, who can provide you rest for your souls? So no more Saturday as the Sabbath. But you know what? There's something extremely important today. Look at this one in the book of Hebrews. The book of Acts is the historical transition from the Old Covenant to the New Testament, uh, to the New Covenant. The book of Hebrews is the theological transition from the Old Covenant to the New Covenant. And the writer of Hebrews understood the Sabbath isn't repeated as it was in the Old Testament, in the New. So, what does it lead you to? Not just, oh, yippee, I can watch 16 basketball games on Saturday. I can play in 16 basketball games on Saturday. I said that just because it's March Madness going on right now, and I don't care about basketball. So, you know, I can judge you. Here's what it means. There remains a Sabbath rest for the people of God. For the one who has entered His rest has himself also rested from his works as God did from his. Therefore, let us be diligent to enter that rest. Go ahead, check me out. Read all through Hebrews. That rest is Christ. It's resting in Him. Now, think about this. God invented the Sabbath. He was the first example. He worked plenty hard those first six days. And then He rested on the seventh day from creation. When did the seventh day of Genesis 1 and 2 end? It didn't. The first six days are literal 24-hour days, clearly marked out by evening and morning, and then God rested from creation ever since then. So if you're entering into His Sabbath rest for your soul, how long does that last by analogy? For eternity. You rest in Him. Christianity is based on divine accomplishment. God did it all, and He gives it to you as a free gift. So if that original Sabbath commandment was to commemorate God's finished work of creation, the Sabbath rest in Christ describes His finished work of redemption. I trust your soul is at rest in the Savior. Jesus is the Lord even of the Sabbath. The Sabbath was made for, for man. Remember, the whole purpose of the Old Testament law was to serve as a tutor to lead you to the Savior, who is Jesus. Heavenly Father, thank You for doing all that You have done, calling the universe into existence in six days, fashioning it as such as we know it. Thank You for 
that ultimate rest. If you would like this message on Compact Disc, let me know and we'll send it to you. You'll receive the entire message, not just the portion on today's program. You can order by phone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho, 83704 or on the internet at hbc-boise.org. Heritage Bible Radio needs your prayers and your financial support. Once again, you can reach us online at hbc-boise.org or by telephone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho, 83704. And if you need a church home here in the Treasure Valley, I hope you'll visit us any Sunday at 7071 West Emerald. For Heritage Bible Radio, I'm Jim Harris. See you next time. Bye-bye.